Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 170. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. My name is Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned business growth strategist, helping entrepreneurs around the world to make six and seven figure leaps in their business. Each week, we bring you multiple episodes designed to help you go further faster in accomplishing your goals and dreams. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me today, Donald Kelly. Donald, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kelly. I appreciate it. Excited to have you here. So we're going to have a lot of fun on the show today, guys. And um, I think Donald's going to break down some myths for us, help us bust through some limiting beliefs and help you guys make a whole lot more sales in your business. So let me tell you a little bit about him and we'll get right down to business. So Donald has a belief that anyone can sell if they have the desire. Early on in his career, Donald struggled with sales, but through the proper training and coaching, he became a top performing seller. He's since taken it upon himself to evangelize the message of effective selling to struggling entrepreneurs, salespeople, and anyone looking to improve their sales hustle. Donald hosts an awesome and popular podcast called The Sales Evangelist. So Donald, welcome to the show. Excited to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I love the bio. I think I'm going to have to slip you a $50 for that one. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Well, listen, here's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. I've kind of been ranting and raving a little bit about this lately, and maybe you'll agree. I'm interested to hear your take on this. So, you know, I coach entrepreneurs and small business owners around the world. I help them to grow profitable businesses. And what I keep finding, Donald, is somewhere, somehow along the lines there's been this Kool-Aid passed around that everybody's drinking that entrepreneurs and small business owners don't need to sell and should never have to sell and that selling isn't an important part of building a profitable business. Help me break that down for people, Donald. Well, you know, Kelly, uh, that is something that is a plague. I don't figure, I can't figure out where it came from either. Some bacteria that just <laughs> that just developed and, and it just infected all entrepreneurs. And it's sad because it's totally not true. Because everyone, everyone knows that you have to, you have to sell in order to generate income for your organization. What typically happens though is over the years, I'll probably say the past, you know, 30, 40 years, we've seen the depiction of the salesperson being someone that's pushy, that is selling us something that we don't like. However, if you look into our society, especially Americans, we love to spend. Jeffrey Gittimer says people love to buy, but they hate to be sold. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. mentality that we all have as consumers is if I go to the store, I don't want that guy to push that his information on me or somebody try to trick me into something. So then when we have to sell something of worth of value, we tend to be timid and not want to come off as that person trying to swindle someone from doing something that they don't want to do. But if we realize as entrepreneurs, all of your clients, I guarantee you, they have something of worth that can change the lives of individual that can you know, help people who want to buy, buy. But the key now is just helping them to realize that change the word from selling. Maybe it's offering. Figure out a way to you know move. You want to help move people towards some kind of change, whether it's your life coach or you know fitness coach or whatever. Each and each of us have something of value, and it's our moral obligation to tell people about that. And when people figure out about that, again, people love to buy. They, the ideal folks, will be more than willing to to purchase our product or our services. 
but it's important for us to realize that we're not swindling, we're offering value. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, a thousand percent. I mean, I came from a sales background. I personally love to sell because all it is is serving. It's serving people. When you build a targeted list or a strategically designed database, the only people that should be on there are people that want the solution that you offer. And that's the key message that I think, you know, people kind of have a misconception about with sales is exactly what you said. Maybe they feel like they're being pushy or, you know, they they have that fear of selling themselves as entrepreneurs, which I want to talk to you a little bit about. But, you know, I think the key thing is to remember that our job as business owners and entrepreneurs and even for those listening that are maybe sales executives is to only be selling to the people that could genuinely benefit from our outcome could genuinely benefit from the result, from the solution that we offer. And in that case, the only thing you're doing when you're selling is serving, right? Oh, it totally, totally is. Um, and and I imagine all of the folks that you've worked with, they probably have that deep passion. They probably spent years of their time, you know, developing their craft or, you know, becoming an expert in their field. So it's like, you know, that it's it's something that you you have and you can serve and benefit others. I'll give you, for instance, my coach, she helped me while speaking. And if I didn't have her to help me, I wouldn't have won a competition that I just performed in recently. And it was key because she was totally serving me every mm-hmm. time we meet it's it's like service and i'm just like man i got to give back more to this girl yes. because she's helping me so much so you know everyone needs to just realize that it is a value and i love what you mentioned too is the idea of going after the ideal individual the one of the mistakes i think a lot of the new entrepreneurs make is that they think that because they have an awesome you know coaching bit practice or so forth that it's fit for everybody and that is a big issue. You have to figure out who is the ideal. Maybe it takes a little time to fine tune that. You can go for a broader range, but the more you fine tune that over the course of having your business, the better off you're going to be. And you can then, and just like you, Kelly, I'm sure you have your ideal clients and the ones who will you know, particularly make purchase quicker because you f- understand your business and you focus on who's going to be the best fit. And, this, and that's one of the problems I find with entrepreneurs. And especially when I started too, it's just, I try to get everybody. I was like, man, everybody needs to improve on sales, mm-hmm. but it, totally that's not the case. You have to go after those who are a fit. And when you can figure out those who are a fit, then the easier it is to then articulate value and mm-hmm. to help them to, to come on board. Yeah, no, that I mean, that's it. Absolutely. Now, I think one of the things at the root of, you know, what causes a lot of small business owners and entrepreneurs to fail today, because we know still out there is that statistic that eight out of 10 businesses fail. And, you know, probably it's even more than that, because I think there's some that never even get start. they fail before they start, right? Because the strategy isn't there, the profitable sales aren't there. But I think one thing entrepreneurs struggle with is um, that fear of promoting themselves because as an entrepreneur for the first time you're selling yourself and you're building your brand around you versus even if you've had success in a corporate career in the past you know you're selling the company you're selling the product the service so talk to me a little bit about you know some tips and strategies for the people listening in today that want to kind of overcome that fear of selling themselves per se 
I had a similar challenge too, because like you mentioned, I was selling corporate, I mean, for a corporate company, I was selling softwares, you know, softwares that were worth 150,000 and, you know, all the expensive stuff. So then all of a sudden now when you come to selling, you know, Donald, it was like, okay, what do I offer? The software could do X, Y, Z, you know, it can provide these results, but what can I offer? And I had to do some soul searching, Kelly. I had to figure out, you know, one, do I really have my purpose and really have a why? And when I thought about that, and it sounds like, you know, one of those hokey pokey thing, but when I thought about it and saw what I was doing, it was great. I started to really help me overcome those the head trash is what I call it, mm-hmm. because I had people replying back to me, you know, saying, because I started my podcast first, like, hey, Donald, I love the podcast. It's helped me do X. It's helped me do Y. I'm mm-hmm. finding, I'm closing deals. I'm closing stuff. And I'm like, I'm just giving this information out and people's lives are changed. So I had to get that validation. And I think that's probably one of the first things that most people have to get is some kind of validation of one, that you have your have a Y, first of all, and two, validating that Y. And when you can see that impact on other people's lives, it throws all the doubts out the window that this is that I don't have anything of worth. And my I'm lucky to have an you know, awesome wife. She's like a bulldog. So she will tell me sometimes, you know, shut up and just go and do when I first started off. I was, you know, kind of a little scared. I'm like, can I really can I really change someone's selling? Can I really I've done it my own self, but can I really help other people? And she said, if you've done it, you can definitely help other people. And I think one of the key with that is for those entrepreneurs who are out there, you can't work in a silo. You have to get with like minded people, get a mastermind of folks and people that would challenge you and that would challenge your thinking and push you. And so from getting your why and understanding why you're doing what you're doing and two, getting that point validating and three, getting with the right like-minded folks, it helps you. And my team of people that I work with, I'm not the smartest one in my mastermind because if I was, I would have to switch to another one. I have to be one of those that don't know everything, but I can learn from those people who are in the group and they push me. It's like iron sharpened iron. I'm a track, I ran track in high school and a little bit in college. And Kelly, the best performance I had when I ran, ran, I ran against the fastest kids because those kids push the heck out of me because I want to beat them. I'm competitive. But when I run against a group of people that I can beat, it I don't perform as well. Mm-hmm. So the key is there when you get with those like-minded people, they push you. My, maybe I didn't win all those races, but my time improved. Sure. And that is what it comes about. It comes down to. So when in, entrepreneurs, you're out there, you're getting these, you know, the head tries saying, oh, man, I can't help people. I, I don't know if this is going to work. People are not going to want to buy my service. I say sit down and really think about why you jump ship, why you went into this entrepreneur boat and then find your why. And then two Again, you need to make sure you can get that validated. Even if somebody was to look at some of the things your friends say about you or or whatnot, if, if you're, you don't have any clients yet or no one to give you a success story, you don't have a blog or whatever, then just ask some of your friends and family, give them a free session and see, ask them how their life has changed. And they'll probably tell you, oh my goodness, this helped me so much. And now you get this validation. And two, the three is to get with the like-minded people. And then the fourth thing is to take action. Once you know, you have to act on what you know. If you know this can help people, you have to get your butt out there and talk to those ideal folks. You can't sit behind a computer a whole day and expect to make money. You well, you probably can, depending on what you do. But you need to get out there when you're starting off, get to networking events and get to groups or get to places where your ideal customers may be and start building those relationships. Um, mm-hmm. Get into online groups and communicate with folks as well. And, and you can see amazing things starting to happen. 
I hope yeah. that all makes sense there. Oh, absolutely. Brilliant. And I mean, these are these are those, you know, back to basic things that, you know, in in the past, you know, was the traditional sales methodology that, you know, most multi-million and even billion dollar companies were built upon. Um, and that's what people forget, you know, with internet marketing, which internet marketing is fantastic. But you know what? It requires time. It requires expertise. It requires hours upon hours of setup. It requires, you know, funnels and, you know, so much learning and knowledge that, you know, if you are just getting started as an entrepreneur, the the traditional sales route is going to be a much faster, easier way to make a profit in your business sooner. And then you can afford to make the investments that you want to make in your business to get that online empire building and growing. Oh, for sure. It, it is. Uh, it definitely is. And and I think once you start having that business, you start having that those processes in place, you'll start to see that, uh, I don't know, those doubts begin to fly. I've some One of my things my, my sales manager used to always say is the best time to close a deal is when you close a deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's something that just triggers and happens in your mind. You have this confidence. So the first client you get, I mean, you're going to be so excited. And then once you close a deal, some people might say, well, I need to quit and go do happy hour. Like, no, man, that's when you need to get back at it. Who else you need to follow up with? Right. Because that confidence you just have, it's going to it's going to drive you. And I've had those. I did door to door security, Kelly, at one point in college. And when I some days, you know, you go and you just seem like you're on fire, man. It's like those old NBA, you know, video games where the individuals get on fire and you just can shoot from anywhere and score. And that's how it was with me when I did door-to-door security. Once you made a sale, it's like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden, the coincidence that I made a second sale that day or a third sale. And it was pretty cool. Um, But the days when I would, you know, have those limited beliefs and, you know, self-doubt, I found that, you know, it's like nobody wanted to talk to me. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily a client's change. It was, I'm I'm the variable. I'm the one that changed. And that affect the total outcome. Yeah, no, absolutely. So when you're coaching individuals, are you working more with individuals that are um, targeting uh, businesses or targeting consumers? Um, like what, what strategy are you teaching most often? I find there's a couple. I, most of my clients, uh, I would probably say it's about 50-50 because some of them have businesses being in South Florida we have the you know AC companies. A lot of those mm-hmm. AC companies are they're down here, and you know they go for consumers. Majority of them. So then um, we have that side, and then I have folks like uh, one of my most recent clients right now. Um, they do. He's working in the industry where they sell B two B. So it's just, it's just a, a variety. But the principles. What I try to focus on with individuals is find out what is the main challenge holding them back. Some people want more of a training than more, or some people just want more coaching. The, mo- sure. the people who are more experienced, they want to get coached. People who are very new, they're like, "Dude, train me, coach mm-hmm. me." And it's like you know, you have to do a quasi combination of both. But Either one of those folks, um, what I come to recognize a lot of them don't have is a process, Kelly, when it comes to sales. They tend to wing it. And you've probably seen this too. And and all the greatest athletes I've ever seen, all the greatest people I've competed against, they make things look so easy. And that's the bad part about it because everyone else, because see them do things so easy, they're like, oh my goodness, I can do that too if you can do it that well. When in actuality, you don't see behind the scenes 
and you don't see why they're able to jump a hurdle so darn well because that individual has been practicing and the, they have the counting steps in their head when they're running between hurdles. They have a form that they work on. You know, They do all kinds of things, but we don't see behind the scenes. And a lot of sailors, they see like folks like yourself or you know people like myself or anyone else and they're like, oh my goodness, sales is so easy, I can do it. But what they don't recognize is that there's a process. So whenever you're selling as an entrepreneur, I don't care if you're selling by yourself or you're selling on a team of 6,000, Everyone, you need to have a process. And when you are able to have that process, you can perform better. People who come up against objections sometimes, they're like, oh man, the client just give me all these objections. I don't know what to say. But you know, my cousin or my friend, he can just handle objections. I guarantee you he's getting the same objections over and over and he's craft several answers that can help with that. And it's the same thing with us. Entrepreneurs need to know what they need to say and how they need to say throughout their sales process. Whether you're selling B2B or B2C, the principle is the same. You wanna offer value to the client. The means where you go about it may be a tactically different, but the whole point of it is you need to find people to bring into your hopper, and then you need to progress those people throughout the process and help them to find value in what you have to offer and to make a conversion. Yep. Absolutely. No, couldn't agree more. So I'm sure we have people listening that both manage sales teams of their own in their company or in the organization that they work for, and also individuals that are their own business, right? Um, that are the salespeople still for their own company. So let's kind of speak to each of them for a couple minutes here, uh, if you don't mind, Donald. So yeah. starting with the individuals that are um, almost, let's start back at the entrepreneurs. So, you know, mm -hmm. they have a business idea, they, they don't have any clients yet or they have only just a few clients, where do you recommend that they get started? You have no clients want to get started. You, They have a product? They have a product or service? They have a product saying? or service. Yeah. So I think the very, very key thing there is to what I've done, I've done this training um, with a couple of my uh, clients is you need to find out who the ideal customer is. Once you find out who the ideal customer is, you need to find out where do they play. And uh, for, for that, if you're, you know, entrepreneur, you may find that people are online or, you know, maybe they meet together in groups or wherever you find out where those ideal customers are. And the key for you at this point is to find out what what makes them tick and why would they buy. Um, so what I typically do, you can't just do that from not talking to them. You get on the phone with them, talk mm -hmm. to people, and you investigate. One of the things that I did early on, Kelly, I did free training sessions. And when I did the free training sessions with people, um, especially with the coaching side, I started to figure out trends and to start to see challenges that people had. And that was able to help me as I started creating products. And it started to help me as I started creating my own training platform because now literally I knew what some of those challenges were because I got with those ideal folks. And so if you're a entrepreneur, I mean, give out some free time. Some of my speaking, man, I did some free speaking where I was like, I, or peak speaking where I got money, but I lost money traveling to where I was going to speak. But those led to opportunities later on, like, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of, you know, in money generation. I was like, holy crap, this came just because of all those free things that I did early on. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're starting off, don't be afraid of giving out, going out and giving some free stuff. Nobody knows you yet. Just go out and, and, and do your thing and great things can happen. So that's what I would tell for the entrepreneurs. Um, go find who you, who's ideal for your product. Get out there, meet them, whether that's writing for blogs or writing on, you know, LinkedIn polls or whatever, um, visiting, you know, groups that they have, if they have meetups and things like that and connect with folks and give free services, um, speak for free and you'll gain a lot of knowledge that can help you create content. 
Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. And I mean, the same thing applies. I was just doing a radio interview the other day and the, and the host was asking me, well, how do you make money off of free content? Because, you know, so much of what entrepreneurs are doing online now is creating free content. But it's all about, just like you referenced earlier, the system and the funnel and, you know, having that content lead somewhere that's eventually going to convert. And so I think definitely your recommendation of starting with getting yourself in front of these people and, and doing free content conversations, doing free trainings, do some free speaking engagements and connecting with those people. And also, you know, not being afraid to get on the phone with people and actually interview them. Um, find people that are in your ideal target market, talk to them, learn about their pain points, learn about what they would pull out their credit card for and what price point they would, you know, be willing to invest for the solution that you're offering. Um, so what do you find as the biggest trends with the existing um, business owners that, you know, maybe have a team and, uh, you know, are not happy with the sales that they're currently getting? What are some of the loopholes that they can zip up that will help them to increase their sales right away? Some of the things, the folks with the teams and, you know, if, whether they're sales leaders or sales managers, this is one thing I'll just share for the sales leaders in my experience working with them. A lot of them, they have their team going and they're making uh, money. So they're bringing in revenue, they're, the company's making profit, but it becomes stagnant. A lot of the sales teams like I've worked with, again, the thing is they're just stagnant. And what became, what happened was this simple thing that happened. The sales manager stopped coaching. So if you're a sales executive, they stop coaching because they're like, oh my goodness, you know, if I coach, these guys are doing well, so I don't need to coach them. Or they think that, you know, well, you know, my, my team is, is doing awesome. So, you know, or my team is not doing so awesome, so I need to go and sell myself. And and now they're back in the process of helping to increase revenue. The yep. challenge that I found with that is then you have no leader of the pack, so to speak, because there's a when you are able to sit down with your team and to evaluate and be a leader and to not boss, not to push them, but to guide them and to help them, those one-on-one -on -one sessions, it does miracles. I've seen it firsthand with companies that I've worked in. I've seen it firsthand with clients that I have. The When my, co when my manager stopped coaching us, I saw there was a decline in morale. I saw there was a decline in the, 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 the team's effectiveness, the cohesiveness, the unity amongst us. I mean, even though we're all selling individually, we still have some unity within the organization, sure. but that started to decline. And it was just bought, brought some bad juju, man, just some bad mm -hmm, blood. Mm -hmm. So I would say if you're a sales leader, you have to coach. I don't care if that's once a week, once a month, you get on a phone call with your team, whatever it is, but you have to know what's going on. You have to be able to find out what are some of those challenges because you can nip things in a bud right away if you can uh, help to perform, uh, uh, give those guidance. And two, some of the senior sellers, people who've been selling for a while, one of the things that I see that they did is that they had a sales process but they quote unquote became so good that they stopped following the process. Mm -hmm. And when you do yes. that, mistakes happens. You see that with, you know, surgeons or doctors, we either, when there's a heart surgery, there's certain things that you have to do in order to have a successful surgery. So you need to keep those when, whenever you deviate from that, that's when issues happen. And then Michael, um, excuse me, Malcolm Gladwell is one of my new favorite authors. If you know him, Kelly, get of me an course. introduction. Yes. <laughs> Love Gladwell. But one of the things that Gladwell talk and one and outliers I believe it was in Outliers was about, you know, these air traffic control, uh, air, airplane pilots and how most accidents happen when the pilots overlooked a simple task. Usually they were too tired or, you know, maybe just was hungry or it's just like simple things. It wasn't like the aircraft, exactly. aircraft yep. engine going out. Yep. It was just simple things. And these top, these 
folks who've been selling for quite some time, they become to a point where they don't necessarily follow their outlines or their scripts anymore and they miss little things that put them into the spiral where they start missing deals, deals that could have won, but because they just didn't do little things and then it deteriorate. And then when that happens, your morale, go back to what I said earlier, the best time to make a deal is when you make a deal. And when you're not making deals, that's when you tend to miss more deals and it usually sends them down into this depressive state. And then they look out for a coach that can help them get back. And it's not like they're not performers. It's not like they don't know what to do. It's just that they deviated from the course. Yeah. So from the sales manager side and the sellers, that's what I've seen. Yeah, no, that that makes total sense. And I think really staying true to uh, the measuring and tracking. You know, oh, I, I think goodness, making man. sure that you're continuing to measure and track and, and, you know, investigate kind of what you're expecting, because I think that that can lead to a snowball building of things getting off track. And then all of a sudden you find yourself really stuck and then very quickly slipping backwards. Right. Oh, so, so right. You're you're 100 percent right on that. The measuring. Um, I just if you can spend us a minute talking about that, I'm a Excel junkie. Um, now Google sheets, I just do it all there, but I, I like to be able to track my performance. I like to be able to see what some of what my percentages are and what my average is. You know, what am I doing? Well, um, if I made if I was, when I was selling, if I was making 20 calls, what's my conversion rate from those calls to appointments? And then how can I, what works best for me? Is it referrals or is it the, uh, you know, warm leads, whatever. And how can I get more of those and how can I track my performance? And the thing with some of the sellers too is that we tend to think we just want to wing it, you know, just get out there and sell again. But again, the the greatest sellers, I guarantee you that they have a method behind their madness, a way that they track their performance to see how they're doing. But that's yep. what you got to have that. Absolutely. So let's talk about mindset for a little bit, because I think one of the biggest things that either keeps someone at the top of their game or knocks them off their game and, and creates a struggle for them to get back on top of their game or maybe even prevents them completely from getting in the game is the mindset. And the mindset around sales, I think, is particularly important because it's something that most entrepreneurs struggle with. So talk to me a little bit as we're getting to the end of our time here about how can people get their head in the sales game? keep their head in the game when they have a loss or when they're struggling or when they're having some obstacles pop up? And, you know, what are some of your best tips for people keeping motivated um, on, on the sales journey? There's something that my sales trainer taught me years ago. And this theory he had is called the identity and the role theory. And with that, what tends to happen is that we tend to well, let's, let's just give you the whole story. If I took you, Kelly, and put you in a deserted island, you're no longer a trainer, you're no longer a family, you know, aunt, cousin, daughter, you know, none of your roles, uh, no longer entrepreneur, um, no longer seller, and you have none of your roles. And the idea that he says was, if I take away all of your roles and leave you on this deserted island, how would you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10? Would you still think you're awesome as a 10 or would you think that you are now less? And what most people would say, they're like, well, I don't, if I'm not a mom or an aunt or I'm not a salesperson and not a dad, well, I guess I'm a, only a five or a three. And what he came back and said was, no, 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 you are a 10, doesn't matter what, because what we tend to learn in society is that our roles define our identity, our identity meaning our self-worth and mm -hmm. self-confidence. But in actuality, it's our, it's backwards. It's our role is 
we, our self-worth and self-esteem identifies or defines our roles. So what that means now, when you get a no or when you get rejected, you know, some people are like, oh my goodness, they rejected me. I'm a horrible coach. I'm a horrible salesperson, horrible entrepreneur. Like, come on, that's bogus. The person doesn't really know you to reject you yet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're rejecting that role, that individual that's trying to help them to make a change. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person or that they hate you or your family line. And that's usually what happened. People take it personal. I mean, there's two two uh, ideas behind that. You might say, I want to take it personal because I want to improve. But if that's going to bring you down to depression to say, well, I'm, you know, mess up your mindset to say I can't go out and perform, then it's like, oh my, then, you know, don't do that. But what I've come to learn and what I typically do is I t separate my identity and my role. And people say no to me while I'm out selling. They're saying no to the, the sales role. They're not saying no to Donald Kelly, even though the brand is around me. They're not saying no to me. They're just saying no to that role. And it's the same thing. If I fail in my, in a, you know, as a football player or, you know, whatever it might be, it doesn't mean that I'm a horrible person. It just means that my role as a football player is not great. But what can I do to improve on that? So the key behind having that positive mindset is one, have your purpose, and then two, have the strong sense of self-identity, self-worth, self-confidence. It's borderline cocky in a sense. You just have to believe in yourself. I know I'm Donald freaking Kelly. And I'll tell you about this job. I went for a sales job once and I was going up against people who had 15 plus years of selling and I was this newbie coming into software sales. And the CEO said to me, why should I hire you against a 15 year veteran I have out there not sitting and sitting down? And I told him because I don't know the business exactly, but I do know I can perform based on the stuff that I've done before. And I said, I'm Donald freaking Kelly. And I was confident. I literally said that. And then next thing you knew, they call me back and I got the job. And those, and I, six months later, I washed out. I was able to outperform some of those 15 year veterans because of my strong sense of self confident, mm -hmm. uh, confidence in myself. And that's what every seller needs to have. So you remember, you were born a 10 and you will die a 10. Nothing will diminish, diminish, diminish your self image or self worth than yourself, the way you think about yourself. So keep yourself in the high esteem. Don't worry about failure in your role. If you fail in a role, get up and go back and perform. And you'll be able to see that you do much better once you can separate that mindset, separate your roles from your from who you are. I love it. 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 You were born a 10 and you remain a 10. That is fantastic. So um, this was excellent, Donald. Thank you so much for all the value that you offered today. Where can our listeners find out more about you, connect with you, um, and take the conversation you know, off the podcast and into the airwaves? Well, if they, there's many different ways, but one of the things that I'll give to your audience, if they're cool with that, they can get a free video training that I did. And I offer this when I go on podcasts, it's on how to double the amount of referrals that you're getting. So if you're getting two referrals right now, this strategy is about 40 minutes altogether. You'll and broke up in three or four videos teach you how you can double the amount of referrals you're getting. And all they have to do is go to the salesevangelist.com forward slash unstoppable. TheSalesEvangelist.com forward slash unstoppable and you can get a hold of me or team members there as well. Okay, fantastic. So we will have that in the show notes and we'll share that when we share your episode so that everybody can find you. Any parting words for our listeners, Donald? The one thing that I would say, and it's my tagline, is I would encourage people to go out and do big things. When you I go out and do big things, man, you just take chances and it's always awesome. That's it. That's it. All right. Well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for everything that you shared today. And thank you to all the listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much. 
Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.